You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's crossover Thursday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast is brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. And football is right around the corner for the Tennessee Titans, and that is why I am excited to kick off Crossover Thursdays this season and have an awesome conversation with the host of Locked On Broncos, Cody Rourke. So me and Cody had a great talk, a lot of excellent insight for Titans fans to learn about what the Broncos may be planning on doing against the Titans next Monday night. Before we get into that Crossover Thursday conversation, we do need to talk about some major Titans news from Wednesday. They have finally filled out their practice squad. So two more members added to the Titans 16-man practice squad to round out that group. And one of those names is a very, very familiar face. So a lot to talk about on today's show. We have the Titans rounding out their practice squad and a crossover Thursday conversation with Cody from Locked On Broncos. Let's get it. Going into Tuesday, the Titans had 13 of the 16 spots on their practice squad filled. They had outside linebacker Jamal Davis, tight end Tommy Hudson, offensive lineman Brandon Kemp, kicker Tucker McCann, running back Jeremy McNichols, cornerback Kareem Orr, offensive lineman David Questenberry, outside linebacker Wyatt Ray, quarterback Trevor Simeon, defensive lineman Kobe Smith, defensive lineman Tyre Tart, cornerback Ty Smith, and wide receiver Nick Westbrook-Akeen. And on Tuesday, they added the 14th member of that practice squad in safety, Chris Miller. The Titans were not done, however, on Wednesday completing their 16-man expanded practice squad by signing two players... The first, a brand new player to the Titans organization, linebacker Malik Jefferson. And Jefferson was a third round pick in 2018 out of the University of Texas. He had a decorated college career racking up 233 tackles, 12 sacks, and was the co-defensive player of the year in the Big 12 in his final year in Austin. Jefferson brings size to the position. He's six foot two, 240 pounds, but also does have some decent athletic traits. Jefferson played in 21 NFL games in his career with the Bengals and the Browns. He has racked up 11 tackles, eight of them being special team stops. In his future, Malik Jefferson would look to carve out a role in the NFL as a special teams player as he continues to develop as an every down linebacker. Recently, Jefferson was with the Chargers on their practice squad in 2019 and he was 
cut the past weekend by the Chargers, which allowed him to clear waivers and then ultimately join the Titans practice squad. But that was the 15th member that was added to a 16-man group. Lastly, but not least, the Titans added a familiar face, and that is wide receiver Cameron Batson. Batson has clearly been in the favor of the Titans organization since 2018 when he was able to join the active roster and competed in a few games for the Titans in that year. In 2019, Batson was injured early in the season, missed the entire 2019 year, but the Titans brought him back early in the 2020 offseason as an exclusive rights free agent. So clearly the Titans like Batson and that went further when he made the initial 53-man roster only being cut to open up a spot for Jadavian Clowney, but Batson continues to be in the favor of the Titans organization. After he cleared waivers, he was added to the Titans practice squad. Cam Batson does add some explosive speed at the wide receiver position. He does give you a little bit of ability in the return game as well. I would expect Batson to be moved up to the active roster at some point in time during the regular season as the Titans deal with normal injuries and if for some reason Khalif Raymond, who did suffer a concussion late in the year in 2019, does come up injured, the Titans have a small speed wide receiver who can fill that role for them waiting on the practice squad. So Batson and Malik Jefferson added to the Titans practice squad along with Chris Miller on Tuesday. The Titans now have a full 16-man practice squad heading into the regular season. And remember... As we do head into the season, I am going to be breaking down everything coming out of Nashville and everything taking place on the field for the Titans Monday through Friday on the Locked On Titans podcast. So make sure that you are subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, following on Spotify, or whatever platform you do stream. Also, make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans so you can check any of my content schedule, things that I post, also additional analysis along with my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns that I will be pumping out weekly throughout the season. And speaking of my Tic Tac Titan film breakdowns, someone else who does do some film work himself for a different team is my man Cody Roark from the Locked on Broncos podcast. And it is time to kick off our first crossover Thursday conversation of the year and dive into an excellent talk that I had with Cody about this upcoming Broncos and Titans game. Some really good insight from Cody as to what to expect from the Broncos offense. Also, someone to look out for on the defensive side of the ball as well. So really excited to debut that conversation with you guys in our next segment. Before we do, I want to tell you about how you yourself can dive into the film throughout the NFL season. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all action, all the football you can handle, all in one place, 
all the time. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films Archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never sleeps. We are here for our first Thursday crossover conversation of the 2020 regular season. Wasn't certain that we would make it to this point, but luckily we are here and I could not be more excited to break down this upcoming game with Cody Roark. I know he is as excited as I am. He does excellent work covering the Denver Broncos, so make sure that whether or not you're a Broncos fan, you follow Cody on social media, follow his work. Excellent football mind. Cody, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Tyler. We get uh, one step closer to football. I, I think anytime we can get back to a little bit of normalcy, I think things are great. And obviously, relaunching crossover uh, the crossover series to Thursdays rather than Wednesdays now, I think is going to be a lot more beneficial in terms of analyzing some of the real-time news that happens right before the games. So obviously, very excited. And look, man, football is back tonight. This is one of the biggest things. And obviously, it's not between you know Denver and you know Tennessee. That's going to be on Monday, but Kansas City and Houston, obviously division rivals for both of the teams that we respectively cover. Very excited, man. So I'm very excited. Let's, let's break it down. Let's talk Titans, Broncos, Monday Night Football. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to get things kick-started, I wanted to ask you a few questions about the Broncos. And I know that there is a, a lot of hype surrounding that young offense, and we will get there. But I want to start on the defensive side of the ball. And right now, obviously, the hottest topic is the unfortunate news about Von Miller's ankle injury. I guess the obvious question to start that Titans fans would want to hear from someone on the ground with the Broncos is, what's the Broncos' plan right now, and I'm sure it's still developing, but what's their plan to deal with the Von Miller injury on the defensive line? Obviously, for the Broncos, it's a big-time loss for them. He's, he's the captain. He's the cornerstone face of the franchise in Denver. So, obviously, losing him is a big blow and obviously very unexpected. It's a very, very 2020-like thing to happen there. But what the Broncos are going to do is, look, they understand the importance of Von Miller, but they also understand that they got to continue. They just can't stop doing what they're doing because the guy, the main guy of the franchise got hurt. So, now you're going to see Malik Reed and Jeremiah Atauchu. You know, Malik Reed is an undrafted rookie free agent on Nevada, second-year player. Uh, came in for the Broncos last year when Chubb tore his ACL and made an impact. Uh, and I believe he actually got his first run really against Tennessee. So obviously you got to see a little bit of Malik Reed there in that game. And then Jeremiah Tauchu, a veteran presence as well. Those guys are going to trade off here for the Broncos alongside Bradley Chubb. So you know they're a little thin right now at outside backer, but I would expect Malik Reed to get the start on Monday night when uh, Tennessee comes to town alongside Derrick Henry. Yeah, one place that the Broncos are not thin in terms of talent, though, is at the safety position. You got a guy like Justin Simmons, a guy like Kareem Jackson, one of the better duos in the league. That's something both teams have in common. So moving away from the pass rush and into the safeties, and I don't necessarily want to get into pass coverage with the safeties, but last year against the Titans, the Broncos really had their safeties down in the box. They really brought them up in run support. I guess, what do you expect to see from the Broncos safeties in this game? And do you think that the back end has enough talent to maybe cover for the missing Von Miller up front? 
Yeah, this is a great question. And I, I go back to last year's game against Tennessee, and uh, Tennessee ran a lot out of 11 personnel. Uh, and so with a big back like Derrick Henry, the dynamic that I saw with him is that the Broncos would make sure that they held edge contained so they could pinch the exterior gaps, whether it's the C gap, the outside alley. They try to pinch it in, also having guys go the double A gap there and then have the inside linebackers blitz in. And then Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson essentially played as extra box players. Now, if there was a tight end to their side, they'd play coverage and man coverage. They'd play zone and they'd disguise there, but they would get hands on. And it was John U. Smith down there in Tennessee. They're going to have to account for him because he's a growing and rising player in that Tennessee Titans offense as well. A.J. Brown entering his second year. The Broncos right now more than likely will match A.J. Boye against A.J. Brown and some familiarity within the division with one another. I think it's going to be an, a fun matchup to watch. Bryce Callahan is healthy. He'll cover opposite at number 84. And then I think overall for what the Broncos can do, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not the secondary can uphold in coverage. They were the 10th ranked passing defense in the NFL last year, number one red zone defense as well. I'm not as concerned about the secondary as I have been in the past, but it's going to be really interesting to see if Tennessee added any new wrinkles offensively than what they did last year, because I think the way that they run with Derrick Henry, they're going to bring those safeties up in the box. And I think that's really where uh, Tennessee exposed a lot of teams, especially the Ravens in the playoffs last year. Yeah, absolutely. And the I think the most interesting thing, obviously, from this game on this side of the ball is seeing how the Broncos react to the Tannehill-led Titans for the majority of the game. I think, obviously, a lot of Titans fans are optimistic for that fact. But uh, one last question about this defense, just to kind of educate Titans fans on a Broncos defense that doesn't get a lot of national pub outside of uh, you know the safeties that I talked about. Everyone knows Bradley Chubb, Von Miller. Is there a player on the Broncos defense you think can break out this year and and maybe surprise some people someone maybe titans fans should be paying attention to on defense for the broncos well you know i i don't want to be cliche and say jarell casey week one against his former team you know he's got a lot of motivation you know we talked to him this week and he's given the broncos a lot of insight as to maybe what tennessee does and so it's going to be interesting to see how they change things up but i ideally i think the one player to maybe keep an eye on for the broncos defensive if you're a titans fan and you're trying to figure out hey who could be an x-factor player in this game inside linebacker Alexander Johnson. He plays the Will Backer position, and last year he was just sent after Derrick Henry and also after Tannehill and Mariota. He's a very aggressive player, very instinctual, fast, physical, and loves to get in the action. And so he's one of those guys, I would say, if you're a fan of the Titans looking to see which players can make an impact, I'd have to go with Alexander Johnson. Awesome. Well, Titans fans, be on the lookout for that. And you have uh, made yourself uh, a little bit of headway with the Titans fan base by uh, pronouncing uh, Mariota right. You know, that's 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 pretty important. Uh, Mariota is uh, the, the pronunciations of the name go back and forth. But when you pronunciate it right, the fans really appreciate that. And speaking of a quarterback, it's time to dive into that Broncos offense. And everyone has talked about Drew Locke, the potential that he had based on the end of the season last year. What are your personal expectations for Drew Locke? I think the expectations for the most part for Locke is that he's got to come in and light up the scoreboard, lead the Broncos to you know a high-scoring offense, 40 points per game. That's what Broncos fans want. But the reality of the situation is I consider 2020 Drew Locke's actual rookie season. He's got to get a full 16-game season to really evaluate maybe where he's at and what he could be for this Broncos team. Now, if you reference going back to last season, you know, I think he did make a difference. He went five, he went four and one in a five game stretch for the Broncos against some tough teams and also against some teams that were kind of on the up and up a little bit down there, uh, down the stretch there. He, he displays a lot of confidence. Now, one thing I think that's going to be different in this matchup between the Broncos and Tennessee is that the Broncos have an athletic mobile quarterback who's decisive, gets the ball out of his hands quickly. 
when the Broncos and Titans played last year, Joe Flacco was like a statue back there and it was able to get, you know, pressure. Tennessee was able to pressure him a little bit. And the back end of that secondary for Tennessee was able to capitalize on some of his errant throws because of pressure. And I think it's going to be a little bit different with Drew Locke. Now he, he has to just go out there and trust his reads, go through his progressions. But I think the Broncos need to establish the run game early on to really kind of take that pressure off of him. I don't know necessarily yet what Drew Locke will do in a situation where if he's forced to pass, uh, if the Broncos fall, find themselves behind, I, I don't know exactly what to expect from him. If he has to come in and start throwing the ball a lot of times to be able to move the Broncos down the field, maybe even get the score there. But I think the Broncos need to take that pressure off him early on. The potential is there. He's an energetic leader, uh, but he's got a lot of room to grow still. And I think for him and I think for Broncos fans alike, they got to treat this like a rookie season. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. And uh, I think it's funny that you brought up the fact that Flacco was the starting quarterback for the Broncos. So when Titans fans bring up, you know, Marcus Mariota was our quarterback, Broncos fans can just counter with, well, we didn't have Drew Locke either. So that that makes the game uh, really interesting. The last question I really have for you here is on that offense again. One thing that will really help Drew Locke uh, step up, meet those expectations, maybe surpass those expectations, if his young weapons can help him accomplish that. You have two highly drafted wide receivers in Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, uh, who are excellent. I'm really high on Jerry Judy. I think route running is something that absolutely translates. So worried about him on Monday night. Obviously, second-year player in Noah Fant at the tight end position who might be the the most athletic tight end outside of Jonu Smith or debatably with Jonu Smith in the league right now, especially after the catch. And then Cortland Sutton is a true number one on the outside. So where's your, I guess, temperature check on these young weapons? Do you think that they can step up early to make this team competitive? I do think that will be the case. I think Cortland Sutton is going to be the number one target. I think you're going to see Kevin Byard lurking over the top of wherever Cortland Sutton is lined up. So it's really going to put some pressure on guys like Jerry Judy, uh, other wide receiver Tim Patrick, who's six foot four, KJ Hamler, highly questionable for Monday's matchup against the Titans. Uh, but I think it's going to create opportunities for Jerry Judy and also for Noah Fant in his second year to see a lot more opportunities because if the Titans come out defensively, if Mike Vrabel says, look, we got to focus on Cortland Sutton, we got to focus on Jerry Judy. They're going to challenge the Broncos to beat them with the running backs out of the backfield, another wide receiver, and even the tight ends. And I think that's going to be a test the Broncos need to figure out. And going back to that Kansas City Chiefs-Titans game in the AFC Championship, going back and watching how the Chiefs really utilize Travis Kelsey, maybe the Broncos take a page out of that to be able to maybe get him up into some space a little bit because you know Tennessee had to focus on you know Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. The Broncos have to find that formula to be able to kind of create mismatch nightmares. And I think they're going to try to establish earlier, like, where can they go? Who's the weakness uh, on that Titans defense that they can try to attack and exploit? I think that's going to be a big key. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch. I'm really excited for this game. Uh, these teams have a bunch of interesting storylines surrounding them. And then, of course, the seminal game of the Titans season last year that changed everything was the Broncos matchup with the Jarrell Casey trade. There's just a lot of juicy storylines here to watch unfold. We are going to continue breaking down this game in our next segment when I go into the hot seat and Cody asked me some questions about the Tennessee Titans. So make sure you come back with this here on this opening edition of Crossover Thursday, Locked on Titans, Locked on Broncos. 
With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning about what kind of vehicle you have and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brands that his warehouse happens to have? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're going to be the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know I sent you. Once again, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box right underneath your shipping information so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, Tyler, I want to get into a a few things here with you because this is a big Monday Night Football matchup. Obviously, on the Eastern time zone, it's going to be a late game. And even for the Mountain time zone, I've had a lot of Broncos fans say, hey, look, you know, why do they keep scheduling these games late? And certainly, we're going to have a work cut out for us because we've got the post-game report right afterwards here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So that's going to be a fun thing. Uh, But obviously, looking at this Tennessee Titans team, coming off of an appearance in the AFC Championship where, you know, for the first half, you felt really convinced that this was a team that really could contend and, and maybe compete with Kansas City. And then Kansas City, you know, they do what they do. They have a couple of big plays, and then it's a snowball effect. They capitalize on mistakes. Uh, you know, overall, where do you think this team's mindset is now with Ryan Tannehill? Big payday for him this offseason. Big payday for Derrick Henry. What about the surrounding town around them? What are your initial expectations coming into the season for this Titans team? Well, I think my initial expectations for the team based on what they did in the offseason, the deals that you mentioned, they brought back the key pieces. Derrick Henry is obviously a key piece. I don't have to sell anybody on that. Ryan Tannehill, despite what people say about his performance in the playoffs, if anybody watches football and watch the Titans in the regular season at the end of the year last year, they know Ryan Tannehill was, was a weapon and deserves the credit that he got. The contract We will see if he deserves that, but he deserves the credit for last year. But my expectations are they keep the ball rolling. There's, uh, especially in this offseason, everything was so limited. I think that 2020 is more of an extension of 2019 than any previous season we have seen before. And because of that, the Titans have young weapons who excel with the ball in their hands. They have the same offensive coordinator in Arthur Smith. Ryan Tannehill's back for the full season. I think the Titans' offense should continue to roll. And so in terms of the offense as well, you know, a part of me, like I said earlier, when you and I were talking was, I wonder if the Titans are going to throw any kind of new wrinkles out there because the NFL, they have film and really the formula last year was, you know what, Ryan Tannehill under center 
hand off to Derrick Henry, hand off to Derrick Henry, play action because everyone's cheating up in the box to stop Derrick Henry, who was really hard to bring down. And that's where you got guys like Khalif Raymond getting open, uh, A.J. Brown. But I really want to talk about this receiving core, too. And A.J. Brown really leads the pack as the premier guy here. Uh, what can the Broncos expect maybe from a guy like A.J. Brown in his second year? Obviously, one of the most athletic, explosive, young talents that we saw last year in the NFL at the receiver position. I think the sky's the limit for a guy like him. But how does he fit into the equation of the Tennessee Titans heavy run offense. Well, I think one thing that AJ Brown has to do to continue to improve, and I think he will, is work on his releases off press. Um, coming from college football, one of the historic things that college wide receivers struggle to translate to in the NFL is is getting off press coverage, getting jammed at the line of scrimmage. AJ Brown has been working directly with Malcolm Butler, who's a pretty good physical press man corner throughout the entire all season and one on ones going against each other to help improve that. So I think that you're right. The Titans formula has been seen teams know what's coming. They can't just continue to do that even if they can draw off that continuity. I think there's a couple of different things that'll happen. AJ Brown getting better at those releases, getting a more sophisticated route tree, and just getting more nuanced at the position will help him get open and not have to be schemed open by play action so much, so that'll help. Uh, The addition of Adam Humphreys, who was injured for a lot of the time that Tannehill was the quarterback for the Titans last year, I think that'll help them do more outside of play action, hitting those short to intermediate option routes that you, you know, Tom Brady made famous in New England there. I think the the Titans can work in a little bit of that. And then uh, third round rookie running back Darrington Evans offers a diverse skill set the Titans didn't have with a Deion Lewis that they don't have with a Derrick Henry where he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, again, he can run a diverse route tree where Derrick Henry's only going to be running screens, uh, going out into the flat, very basic. He doesn't have the change of direction skills to run a full route tree for a running back, and Evans does. So uh, Evans will give the Titans the possibility of doing some things. Think about, um, we talk about the Chiefs. Think about the running back wheel routes that the Chiefs have really had success with. The Titans could never even imagine running a play like that before or a route like that before at the running back. So having Darrington Evans open up the versatility with the running back, having A.J. Brown advance as a wide receiver, and then having Adam Humphreys expand the Titans shotgun game and short to intermediate game, those things will help the Titans stay out of being too predictable with run-run play action. We saw Derrick Henry throw a touchdown pass in the playoffs last year. I'm just saying, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that you can't prepare for. And, and I just recall just watching him run. He's just a sizable guy. You really can't try to tackle him up high. And I go back to my playing days. Anytime we played a big back, you know, we're our DB coach always told us, go for the legs, chop him down like a tree. And so for the Broncos, we saw a great group tackling effort from them last season. Part of me is a little worried a little bit about the fact there has been no preseason and the tackling, you can't really get a full tackling simulation in practice due to the rules in the collective bargaining agreement. We could either see really you know, good offense or we could see really bad defense. I think it could be a combination of the two. That's one of the biggest storylines I'm looking to follow. But I think for the Titans here, the one thing I want to talk to you about, Tyler, is the addition of Jadavian Clowney. We know what type of talent he could you know, bring to the table here. Uh, however, what are your thoughts? Obviously, not being in a camp, not being around a team facility all offseason long. This is the first week he's really in the action, really practicing. You, what kind of impact do you think he can make week one? Do you think he's going to be up to his standard? Or do you think it maybe take a little bit of time to get him to where he needs to be? Well, I think that... In terms of his overall impact, 
the Titans are only smart to limit his snaps. I mean, I want to see Clowney out there, and I think he has the capability of playing maybe 50 to 60% of snaps. That's what he played in Seattle last year in week one, right around you know 50 to 60%. So he was ready to go without the training camp in the offseason then. Um, but the Titans are really big on a rotation. If you remember to the Eagles championship team from a few years ago, their defensive line, they went six to seven deep eight deep sometimes, they could rotate. And keeping your pass rushers fresh is something the Titans really focus on. Harold Landry, who is getting washed away and all the clowny talk and everything, uh, was a, a real rising star for the Titans defense as an edge rusher last year. Had nine sacks, really tailed off late in the year when he didn't have anybody opposite him. And he played around 85% of snaps last year, which is a, a lot for a pass rusher when you're trying to pin your ears back nonstop to get to the quarterback. So I, I think the Titans will have a focus on a defensive line rotation this year, which will limit Clowney's snaps and allow him to maybe get up to speed. But I still think that his impact, because his snaps will be limited, will be uh, as high as possible. He can maximize his potential impact by limiting his snap count. If I'm Pat Shermer, the Broncos offensive coordinator, one of the things I'm going to do, just to test it, if I see JV and Clowney out there, I want to run at him on the first play. I want to see what you know what he's doing. I want to be able to test him a little bit. I think that's one of the ultimate signs of seeing where a guy is at. I think the Broncos are going to try to come out and test it. But uh, the last question I have for you here, Tyler, you know, take a look. If you're a Broncos fan right now that's listening to this podcast, you're waiting for Monday night to come around, who is one player it could be on offense, it could be on defense, that you think, outside of the you know Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, outside of those two guys, the, the evident obvious players there, who is one player that Broncos fans should maybe keep an eye on on Monday night? Uh, I think if the Broncos fans want that answer, and I'm going to say this, probably get away with saying this until about week three, and then it won't be someone that the, the fan base doesn't necessarily know about anymore. Uh, a guy who did not play against the Broncos last year, and a guy who is the reason why the Broncos have Jarrell Casey now. That's Jeffrey Simmons, the interior defensive lineman from Mississippi State, 19th overall pick in 2019, had an ACL tear two months before the draft in February last year, rehab, finally got on the field in week seven for the Titans, had a sack. The Titans, in my opinion, were the best team in the NFL defending one yard last year. They had three different uh, well, four different, you know, you saw the goal line stops against New England in the wild card. You saw two fourth and one stops against the Ravens, the big goal line stand against the Chargers where they made Melvin Gordon fumble on the goal line as the uh, buzzer expired. Casey actually recovered that fumble. But uh, Jeffrey Simmons was at the heart of all of those plays, getting interior push, six foot five, 340 plus pounds. Uh, he's a totally different looking human being uh, compared to when he got drafted since he's had a healthy offseason, not wearing a knee brace anymore. I expect Jeffrey Simmons, this is a bold prediction for the Broncos fan base or for anyone. I expect by the end of the season, halfway through the season, Jeffrey Simmons will be mentioned with the Chris Jones, the Grady Jarrett, the DeForest Buckners, the Fletcher Cox. Uh, obviously, Aaron Donald is uh, a tier above everybody, so I don't like mentioning his name, but those dominant interior forces in the NFL, I think Jeffrey Simmons uh, off a healthy offseason with a healthy knee becomes that. And that's what Broncos fans should worry about on their interior offensive line holding up against Jeffrey Simmons. Well, Broncos country, you did hear it from Tyler there, a Titans perspective, obviously very close to the team and, and covering all the angles there. It's going to be a fun matchup Monday night football, the second game of the doubleheader to kick off the 2020 NFL season. With that said, I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Broncos. Speaking for Tyler, we will see you next week for another crossover show and tune into the game on Monday for both the Titans recap and the Broncos recap. 
But just saying you could tune in on Friday, too. I mean, we got quite a bit to talk about still. Just saying. But seriously, want to thank Cody for joining up, doing the crossover Thursday. Always enjoy talking football with Cody. He's a very smart guy. Follow any of his work, uh, Pro Football Network, the Locked on Broncos podcast. Really enjoy his candor as well. But really excited for this football game. And tomorrow we have some more season preview information to talk about. I'm going to hand out who I think is going to win team awards. Talk about maybe some statistical outcomes and predictions that I have as well, along with maybe a wide variety of NFL predictions to round out our week as well. But excited to, to you know, round out this last week of podcasts without football in our lives. Guys, we have made it to the finish line. One more show before it is football week. So really excited to break down this 2020 Titans season with you all. Make sure that you are locked into the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But that is going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.